Uh, my wife sends her apologies. She was coming, but she had a better offer. She had to look after my granddaughter. So, uh, you know, priorities. Spend the day with me or look after my granddaughter. What do you think she chooses every time? Hey, look, I am so blessed to be part of this today. What time's lunch? Two o'clock? I'll be done by two o'clock. Just looking at the clock up there. If you're a preacher and you walk into a church with a big clock staring at you, you know that you're on a time limit. So uh, that's fair enough. I was here, I don't know, I can't remember how many months ago now, but we did a bit of a leadership gathering uh, over there in the dust uh, with a few, I think we were sitting on timber cartons while we did this totally spiritual meeting. I'm thinking Alan's really extended himself here and uh, there was a few timber frames up and uh, it was pretty messy really, but it's amazing what you can make out of mess and look at us here. Here we are. I want to acknowledge what Alan and Jackie have said about Pastors Jim and Venice. I've known them and the crew from Seacoast for many years. And what a great privilege to be standing here today and just to be able to, you know, well, I know the church has been going for a while, but there's something about establishing yourselves. So in fact, there's a word just in worship I got there this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Uh, Paul tells the church in Corinth, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And I know that there's been a price to pay to get here. Hey, it's taken, I said to Jackie when you were talking this morning, it takes longer and it costs more. Whenever people come to us and say, I want to do a building, I want to buy a building, I want to plant a church, I say it's going to cost more and it's going to take longer. But how many know it's worth it? As we're here, we're not here to celebrate INC, we're not here to even celebrate a rise church. We're here to establish something forever. We're here to establish something that will make a difference in this neck of the woods, on this planet. I love planting churches because whenever you plant a new church, there's a new source of light for the community around about it. Does anybody realize our country needs light? Our country needs, you know, our country does not need religion. Our country, we're singing those songs this morning, whoever pick them, did a great job. What were we singing about? The love of God, weren't we? The good, good father. You know, if I walked out into the whatever area of this nation today and I asked most people what they thought about God, they wouldn't say good and they wouldn't say love and they wouldn't say that he sent his son to die for him on the cross. It's not because that, it's just they don't know him. They don't know what he's really like. They got his concept that maybe the press gives them of God or what the press talks about the church and I've just got a passion in my heart that we would make God known as he really is to this community as I was praying and just in worship there I just sensed that this 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 up here on this hill joined with the other churches in this region there will be like these ripples of light and love that will go from this place. And it's ugly because the world is in a lot of strife, isn't it? But there'll be ripples of light and ripples of love that will go out from this place. And some days you'll think, you reckon it's hard getting to come back from morning tea. Some days <laughs> you'll just think, what are we doing this for? This is just hard clobber. But I just believe that word. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Because everything, and I speak to you as a couple today, but I speak to the team around about you, that from this place, as you plant yourselves, 
as you see yourselves steadfast and immovable, there'll be these beams and ripples of love and light that change lives forever. And I just, in Jesus' name, just pray that over your life today. I am so blessed to be here. I am so blessed to hear Dell. I'm not even going to try and compete with Dell. That was just amazing. But it's, I want to share uh, uh, out of uh, some, some passages this morning. And just seeing Dell up here is just a, a delight for me. You know, somebody, your grandmother or father, whoever it was, Dell, they labored. They put stuff into your life. And look, 20 years later, she is still here. She's still standing. She's up there sharing the goodness of God with us. How many know what we do today lives on in eternity? How many know when we put good into the next generation's life? You might have noticed I'm getting a little bit older, those of you that have known me for a while. But I just believe that as we put good into the next generation, as we talk about the richness of God's love for people, they may, you know, I've got kids not in church. But I know they've had stuff put into their heart. God, they will know God. They will walk with God because God's word endures. Amen? You know, the church, if you look at it on the outside, you know that 95% of Australians chose not to go to church today. As I drove up the hill, wherever I am, I've got no idea where I am. I was in whatever hill. Thank God for maps. I have four GPS systems I've got an iPad, I've got, a, I've got three apps on my phone and I've got one in my car, just in case I get lost. Who would... Where, what, blue shirt today. God help me. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Thank God we're spiritual north of the border. The things of the past are set behind us to be remembered no more, particularly last Sunday. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with all that. I was coming up the hill. And I saw the spotted pig a restaurant. You know what it was? It was a church. As I started my journey traveling this nation, when I resigned pastoring my church and started traveling, doing a lot of leadership development and stuff 20 years ago, nearly now, I used to drive a lot through the country regions, particularly. Every little town I'd come into, one of the first buildings besides a pub that I would see as a church. And it used to inspire me. It used to inspire me because I used to think there was once a generation so committed to see the gospel, the love, the good news of Jesus Christ preached throughout this land that people went on horseback and people went with, aren't you glad you didn't plant a church back then, Alan? No saw, no, no, no electricity, none like horseback and, and saws and hammers and nails. Yet they went because the gospel had to be preached. Because no matter how big the community or small the community, there was a bunch of people so committed to see the good news preached in this land. And I believe that God's raising a people that are just as committed. It's not about our glory. It's not about our movement. It's not about the great size of our church. It's about sharing the love of Jesus Christ with a nation that so badly needs it. And that's why I love to be places like Arise. Places that'll, that'll say, you know, we, we, we'll, we will give and we will labour because we believe in the cause that we're about. Amen.
Joshua, not Joshua. It isn't. Some technology is not working. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2, verse 10. That was all my introduction. You got all that for free, all right? It was cool. Judges chapter 2 says this, verse 10. It says, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Anybody ever heard a great message, if you've been in church, about the Joshua generation? They're the generation that inherited the promised land. After 750 years uh, since Abraham was given the promise of God that they would enter into this promised land. How many know 750 years is a long time? And there's this Joshua generation, the people of Israel, they've been in, in slavery for 400 years. They've been 40 years wandering around in a wilderness led by Moses. God comes to Joshua and the Joshua generation, the victorious generation, the conquering generation, the inheriting generation come into the promises of God. And, and the things, the life changed for, changes forever for this generation. Awesome generation. But that's the generation this verse is talking about. They entered into the promises of God, but they forgot to pass on to the next. That's why I love listening to Dell. I'm serious. That inspires me. Her grandparents and whoever else, her parents or whoever else, and now she is standing up here and she's imparting to us because heaven forbid we would be like this generation. The church for 2,000 years has had highs and lows and highs and lows because one generation enters into the promises of God and, and experience awesome things, but we fail to pass on to the next generation the richness of who God is. And whilst we're here today and we're thanking God and we're celebrating, I think it's wonderful. But I just want to want us to, to bring a little bit of a challenge with it that this is the start. This is just the start of where we are. We're here to pass on the message of good news so that generations to come that we don't even know about. Has anybody realized time goes fast? I mean, flip. Every year. I don't know where the last one went. I lost my dad last year. He was about 30 years older than me. My oldest son is about 30 years younger. And I look at my oldest son and I think, that was me yesterday. <laughs> and then I think about my dad. He's gone. And I think, that's me tomorrow. I better get about doing some good. I better get about passing some things on because it's all a vapor. And I want to challenge us that, that as much as the word that I brought says, let's be steadfast and immovable, let's not just, just be steadfast, let's pass on. Let's be a generation of people that don't grow weary, that we, we continue to live with the vibrancy and in relationship with God because I look out there today, everywhere I go, I love running into people who know nothing about God. I prefer running into people who know nothing about God than those who seem to know a lot about God. 
Because at least the ones that know nothing about him, I can tell them about his love and I can tell them about how good he is. The ones that seem to know a lot about him, they seem to have him all worked out. I haven't got him worked out. I'm still figuring him out. But, but I believe everywhere I go, I look at the pain. I look at what social media is full of bullying. You know, people don't need to stop bullying. They need to, they need to encounter the love of God. People don't need to, you know, families that are breaking up at unprecedented rates, they don't need to stop breaking up. They need to understand the love of God. They need to understand the forgiveness of God. They need to understand that, that even those songs we sang about this morning, that God is for them. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is God is for me. How many are glad he's for you? How many believe he's for you? A friend of mine once said, as God is for you, who can be against you? God is against you, it doesn't matter who's for you. Thank God. He is for me. You're just getting that, some of you. I honestly believe, like never before, it's the it's it's whilst the church has some of its greatest challenges, it also has its greatest opportunity to just shine the love of God. So I don't want us to be like that generation. I want us to be like a generation where the ones coming after us are even more ah in love with God than we are more passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ than we are. And I just want to share a couple of things with you this morning because this isn't up, up to Alan and Jackie. This is up to all of us. They're the leaders of the church. They're the ones that God has, has anointed and appointed to lead this church in this hour. But all of us can be part of this passing on. You know, sometimes I think we're sitting here listening to me this morning. That's awesome. I'm glad that you're not. I'm glad it's better than you're not listening to me this morning. But but the reality is, if we could get a hold of the 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 the, the commission, the responsibility, the joy of being carriers of this love and this light of God, we're all involved. Amen. It's a passage of scripture in the book of One Chronicles, chapter twenty-two. Again, it's about this guy called David. He's the king. I love this. And, and, and this, back in these days, David, David's whole life was spent, his desire of his whole life is he wanted to build the temple for God. He wanted to build this glorious temple. Now, at the end of the day, God didn't let him. It was his son, Solomon, that did it. But in, in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, there's this statement that David makes. And whilst back in those days, they're talking about a physical building. We're not talking about a physical building today, are we? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We as a people are where God lives these days. We need housing, but we make up the temple of the Holy Spirit. But listen to the spirit of David. He says this, after being told that he wasn't going to get to do it. If I live my whole life dreaming to do something and God said, your son's going to do it, you are not, I'm going to be ticked. I'm thinking, all right, off you go, you little upstart. Do it yourself. I fought the fights. I paid the money. I did the stuff and you get to do it. But not David. David says this. He says, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced. And the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout all nations. I now will make preparation for it. So David made abundant preparations before his death. I don't want to talk about the sacrifice of David. I want to talk about the spirit of David. Wouldn't it be awesome 
If we as a people live with a spirit that say the kingdom of God must be exceedingly magnificent, we will prepare for it. We will make way for it. We will do all we can to see the house of God live forever. Amen. What a great spirit. In, in spite of the disappointment, in spite of not being able to do it, David said, this has got to be good and I will make preparations. You know that David was the only king in all of Israel's history that was alive to see his successor take the throne. The rest of them, they had to die and God had to get someone else. But David says, that's not going to happen with me. Before I go, I'm making preparations for the next generation. I don't care what it costs me, I'm giving. I don't know how many billion dollars in today's wealth terms there was David of his own, out of his own coffers he gave. That's immaterial. It was his spirit. He says, it's got to be good. Arise, church. It's got to be good. Church in, where are we? Are we in Ganelabar or Lismore or both? We're in Lismore. Well, okay. Oh, well, we can plant another church in Lismore then. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm open for this. This is brilliant. But we're at the church in Lismore, all the churches in Lismore, it's got to be exceedingly and abundantly great. Let's make preparations. And I've got now 11 minutes to tell you 25 things that you can do to make preparation. Just a few little things, because you see, it's all right to listen to a sermon. I said, well, that's awesome for David, but what do I do? What can I do as an individual, as an individual, not as a pastor, not as a preacher? What can I do to make preparations for the next generation to come up? I've got three kids and four grandkids. Jim White has even acknowledged that my grandchildren are the best looking grandchildren on the planet. He has. His are beautiful. I always pick that fight in Ballina. And it's the worst fight because I've got both sets of grandparents here. That's a bad fight. Bad Gary. Bad man. A few little things. Here's what I, here's what I just think. And it's a fascinating passage of Scripture, 1 Chronicles 22. If you actually go and have a look and see what David did. The whole chapter is about what David did for his son. Brilliant. Took all he had and he passed it on. Not just wealth. Knowledge. Got other people who did a whole bunch of things. But here's four little things, I reckon. Number one is this. We need to commit to the next generation that we will hand them a strong church. That it won't be the spotted pig. It's probably an awesome restaurant. It probably is. But we're not handing on a pig. We're handing on something. And it's not how big it is, it's how strong it is. I love what Winston Churchill said. He says this, Let us build wisely. Let us build faithfully. Let us build not for the moment, but for the years that are to come. And so establish here what we hope to find above a house of many mansions where there will be room for all. You and I, if we make a commitment here today, that thank you, Jesus, for where we are in a rise church or seacoast church or whatever church. But God, we're part of the answer here. We're part of the commitment that when it comes our turn to hand something, I'm not a consumer in this place. I'm a contributor in this place. We're going to hand something on that's going somewhere. It's not a relic. You know what? As much as the spotted pig is probably awesome, it's not what it was meant to be. It was meant to be a church on a hill. 
It was meant to be a voice to a nation or a community. But something somewhere happened. And people lost their fervor. People lost their mission. Something went wrong. And don't think it can't happen to us. It can happen anywhere at any time if we get our eyes off the purpose we're here for. There's a guy, he leads another movement in our nation, a little movement called the Australian Christian Churches Movement. It used to be the AOG movement. We call them almost of God uh, movement. His name's Wayne Elkhorn. He was telling a story. He's a friend of mine. He was telling a story one day, some years ago now, I can't remember how many, decade or so ago, he took over a church that was one of the oldest AOG churches in the nation. It was Glad Tidings Tabernacle in Fortitude Valley in the middle of Brisbane. He took this thing over and it was old and it, was, it actually burnt down. We all said he set fire to it <laughs> because the government wouldn't let him touch it because it was heritage listed, you know, but... I don't think he's that almost of God. I think it wasn't. But, 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 he, but he, the story is that that church today, it's now called Hope Brisbane or Hope City Church Brisbane or something. It's got numerous campuses. It's seeing multiple people come to Christ. It's just making a great difference. But back in the 1930s, they were building it. 1930s, were you around then, Del? Oh, that's a rude question. My wife says, send him twice. The second time's to apologize. <laughs> 1930s was the Great Depression in this nation. No one had any money. And yet, the pastor felt from God to build this church in the middle of Brisbane. They didn't have credit cards in that in those days. And they used to, they used to every week, during this building campaign, they'd take up offerings for the next week's bricks to build the building. And I know this because a guy who was in his 80s or 90s when Wayne took it on and they were raising money to, for more buildings, this old fella come up and said, never apologize. He was there in the 30s for taking up money. He said, our pastor would take up the offering. He would preach and the deacons would go and count it and they'd come back and tell him it's not enough. <laughs> True story. And he'd go back and say, it's not enough for this week's bricks. Up to three, four, five times in a meeting. It's not enough. We need more for this week's bricks. And this old guy says, never apologize. And today, in the year 2018, that church is seeing people come to Christ. That church is planting new churches because people took up offerings to build bricks for something that nearly a hundred years later goes on. Because someone committed to hand on something that was strong one day. Arise, church. Let's enjoy what we've got. But let's commit to build something that's going to stand the test of time. Amen? Number two is this. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember those who rule over you. Try to get you back for morning tea on time. <laughs> who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith Follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. You know, if you want to make a difference for the next generation, give them something to follow. Be an example. I love this. It's a challenge as a leader. But I love this verse where it says, 
Don't just be an example. Give them some, give them some faith to follow. Consider the outcome of their conduct. You know what you can do for the next generation? And I'm talking generationally. I've got young folks sitting in the front here. I mean, gee, they haven't even got a next generation yet. But I'm not talking about next generation as in age. You guys have got people around your world that don't know Christ. They're the next generation. And you've got conduct that you can be an example to them. And they can follow and they can say, man, I don't know about their God, but I see some conduct in them that I think that's an awesome example. And I can set something up for the next generation. Amen. Family members of mine have been through some pretty big challenges in the last five or so years. And one of them wrote me a letter last Christmas. Best Christmas present was my daughter. Best Chris, she's the best looking daughter in the world too. She said, Dad, and I'm not trying to blow the wind up my own kilt here. I, this is just something that just, just touched me. She said, Dad, if I've got any faith left, it's because of some things I've seen in you. And I don't, again, <laughs> the grace of God. But I read it and I thought, my God, I just got to keep hanging on. I just got to keep walking. I just got to keep passing something on because somebody's been watching to see the outcome through their own trials. Amen. We can all be part of this. Eh? We, can, we can pass something on. We can be an example. Amen. It's, it's similarly, I, I love what Paul says here. I wouldn't be game to write this. Paul says, the things that you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the peace of God will be with you. Here's the deal. Alan, just do what I do and you're okay with God. (laughs) That's what Paul's saying. The things that you've heard and seen, perceived in me, do these and the God will peace is with you. I mean, that's a big statement, eh? But that's the power of example. We can pass something on. That's rich. Have a look in, in you know, Paul writes to his, uh, his son in the Lord, Timothy. This is sort of a second and a third one about heritage. And this is what blessed me when I heard from Dell this morning. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of you in tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance, have a listen to this, Del, the genuine faith. Woo! Your grandmother, genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, Superman's girlfriend, and your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded is in you also. I, might, I live to hear my kids say it's genuine faith but it was in your grandmother and now it's in you. And Paul says, I saw it in those generations and now I see it in you and it's genuine. For, for faith to be genuine, it's got to be working. It's not religious mumbo jumbo. It's not a bunch of rules to follow. It's genuine faith in God. Amen. We need, a, we need men and women that'll sit the kids on the stool and teach them Sunday school stuff. Maybe in air-conditioned buildings these days, you know, we got air conditioning here. Man, we need to take up an offering right now. Before summer comes, you know. I mean, it's a soft generation, isn't it? You remember Jim the days? We'd get off the platform wet through. Who needs air conditioning? Now, they ask me to preach. I say, have you got air conditioning? 
I just forgot to ask today. Genuine faith that we can pass on. Are you getting a glimpse that we might just be a few people on a hill here today, but we can pass something on? That's awesome. We can make a difference. Paul also says, fourth point to Timothy, I thank God. Already read this. Who I serve with a pure conscience, my forefathers did. So without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers. I'm greatly desiring. You know what we can do for the next generation? Is we can fight for their souls. The devil, and I don't want to talk about the devil a lot anymore. The devil is a thief. He tried to steal Moses' generation from their destiny tried to steal the generation of Jesus when Herod came and wiped out all the two-year-olds and and beneath to stop the Messiah coming. And his MO has never changed. He's after our next generation. Paul says, Timothy, I don't cease to pray for you because there's a battle for your soul. There's a battle. I love the passages. I stand on the passages. I pray them almost daily. The promises that say me and my household will be saved. Me and my household will come to know him. I may have children not walking with him right now, but the promise of God is me and my household. So while my nose points to the ground, I'll be praying for my children, knowing that the promises of God are yes and amen, but it won't just happen. There is a war going on. I look and I don't just talk about my natural children I look at what the youth of this world are going through and God I say God I need to pray for this next generation I need to stand in the gap for the next generation I need to be an example I need to have houses that are strong that they can come into but God I need to fight for their souls you might be here today and you might have uh, kids grandkids someone brothers sisters not walking with God you need to continue to fight I don't care how long the battle has been you need to continue to fight for the next generation because his promise is to you I actually there's a passage I better read it out of the Bible Peter says in Acts 2, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. Why don't you stand with me this morning? We're going to spend a minute praying. We're just going to spend a minute praying. Because whenever I share thoughts like this, I've got no doubt there's people like me that you're believing for someone in the next generation. You're believing for a wayward child or a wayward grandchild or you're believing for a neighbor. I want to tell you right now, we can lift them up to the Lord right now. We can lift them up in the promise of God that says to my generation, to the next generation, to all that are far off, to me and my household, they're going to come to know the love of Jesus Christ. They're going to, you know what I want you to do right now? I want you to close your eyes with me. If you've got people in your world that you're believing for to come back, particularly children, grandchildren, family members, right now, I want you to just start to, as your eyes are closed, 
I want you to start to picture them. I want you to start to, to picture them worshipping God. I want you to see, start to see them with their hands lifted high. I want you to see them with hearts that are turned towards God. From whatever they're doing now, their hearts are going to turn and they're going to come back to Him. They're going to start to accept. They're going to start to see the love of God shed into their hearts that so, so powerfully that they can't even resist it. The love of God will attract them. The forgiveness of God will attract them, will lead them to come and to turn back to him right now start to lift them right now start to lift them start to pray for them start to name them start to believe God for them this morning oh father in the name of Jesus Christ we thank you for this church we thank you for this opportunity we thank you Lord God for the blessings that we're walking in but Lord we understand today that whilst we may be a Joshua generation we are also a David generation we are also a generation that will store up the riches of what you've given us for those that are coming after us. Lord, that we will be like Winston Churchill. They said, let us strive for noble causes so that the people following may be blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, in the name of Jesus this morning, would you help us, Lord? Would you, Lord, reveal yourself in Jesus' mighty name? Well, eyes are closed here this morning. Maybe you're somebody that hasn't been walking closely with the Lord. Maybe you're somebody that needs to, needs to come again to, the, to be embraced by the love of God here. I don't know if you know what God is like, but I, I, I challenge you this morning to ask him what he's like. Because he's not a God of rules and regulations. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God that planned for you. He's a God that wants to put purpose into your life. He's a God that wants to heal you. He's a God that wants to save you today. And if you're not walking with Him, maybe you walked into the building this morning wondering what this is all about. I'll tell you what it's all about. We're here because God loved us. And we're here because he loved, we loved Him. This morning, my message to you is, he loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And if you will respond to him, if you will say, God, I believe you love me. I believe you sent your son to die on a cross for me. So great was your love. And God, I want to experience you. I want to follow you. I want to turn from my old ways and turn to you. If you would do that this morning, you will find that he will run to you. He will open his arms to you. He will embrace you. He will forgive you. He will heal you in Jesus' name. Maybe if that is you today, you'd raise your hand with me right now and say, Gary, I need to know this love of God. I need to know this God that loves me. I need to know, I need to turn to him today. I need to turn towards him today. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand with me right now? Just raise your hand with me. Say, Gary, that's me. That's me. I'm raising my hand. I need to turn towards him again today. I need to turn towards him again today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Pastor Allen has said it's a day of thanksgiving. We thank you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for saving us. 
thank you for loving us. Lord, we thank you for the message that you've given for us, carried to the world around about us. That, Lord, not only would we know your love and your peace, but, Lord, the world around us would know your love and your peace. In Jesus' name. Lord, help us. Help us to be strong. Help us to be an example. Help us to pass on a faith that is working in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you lead us in something, guys?